tools for living, room to grow, a space of grace to become everything God wants us to be. You're listening to The Living Room Podcast with Joanna Weaver, episode 34. Well, you guys, I knew this conversation with Robin Jones Gunn was going to be special, but I had no idea we would go to so many important places, especially as it concerns living out the call of God on our lives. It was so good, you guys, I've turned it into two episodes, so be sure to tune in to next week for part two. In today's episode, we're going to talk about Robin's writing journey and the power of just being available to God no matter where he's placed you. It was super encouraging to me, and I know it's going to bless you. Well, I have been looking forward to this moment. I get to share one of my favorite people in the whole wide world with you guys, Robin Jones Gunn. She's the best-selling, Christie Award-winning author of nearly 100 books with over 5.5 million copies sold worldwide. And a lot of you might remember her from her Christy Miller novels for teens, as well as her Sister Chick series. And her uh, nonfiction titles includes Praying for Your Future Husband, which she co-authored with Trisha Goyer, who's been on the podcast, and as well as Spoken For. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some open doors that God has given her to speak into women's lives, but also even into our culture. And so we'll, we'll talk about that. But here's the deal, you guys. You really need to pray for Robin because she has to live in Hawaii. I am so <laughs> sorry, Robin. So like, are you a missionary to Hawaii? Any, anywhere we live, we're ambassadors, right? That's right. <laughs> That's right. But this really has been kind of a desire that God's put in your heart for mi- yeah. many years. Yeah. 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 We had been coming over for 40 years because my in-laws had a place here. And then almost 10 years ago, God opened this wide door and we came over. <laughs> never, never looked back, never regretted. I love it. I love it. It does mean I don't get to see you as often. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. I might have to, I just probably really need to go to Hawaii. I like that idea. <laughs> I think that's a really good idea. Oh, I I love it. You know, um, God brought Robin into my life at the very beginning of my writing journey. And um, Trisha and I, Trisha was a really big part of my story, but but Trisha brought with her this circle of friends. And Robin, you have meant so much to me. Oh, you've been so much to me. I still, um, I, I was going through some of my files and I had copied off some of the emails that you had written when we had our little one heart wow. email group. And here's the thing, you guys, Robin is, oh, she's a, an incredible fiction author, but she's not like this fluffy novel writing chick. She's a <laughs> deep, rich well of Jesus. And I just can't wait to hear what the Lord's been doing in your life, what he's been talking to you about, but you've got some new books, so a, a new book that's coming out. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Last year, the first book in the new Haven Makers series came out and the title is Becoming Us. And I gathered five young women in their thirties together, one single, others are married, some have kids. And the, the, collection of these women being in community was what I wanted to write about. You and I know what a rich gift that is in different seasons of life that we've experienced. So I 
was starting to write about these characters and I realized one of them was Christy Miller because she's so in my imagination. So the other character that's familiar is Sierra Jensen. I wrote a whole series for teens about Sierra. So I placed these two women into this group and it's been so fun, like a reunion. But then it allows the women to have those heart-to-heart conversations about what they're really going through. In the first book, Emily is the main character. She's struggling with secondary infertility, which is something hardly anyone talks about. And she is being told she should just be grateful for the 10-year-old that she has. And so she's settling on that and is welcomed into this group of friends because she and her husband have moved. And in that richness of community, the Lord brings direction and healing and so then the second book in the haven maker series is called being known and this also has a topic that i've been wanting to write about for a while and it is emotional affairs Mm -hmm. so what happens when there are two of the women in the group one who runs into an old high school boyfriend the other one single and this guy she knows This really shouldn't go much further than it has, but her heart is already engaged. So it's taking these contemporary conflicts within a group of Christian women and allowing them to get to the place where they can be vulnerable and share what's on their heart so that the truth and the the healing can come and the, the direction because these women have given each other the right to speak into their lives. So that's kind of a long description, but that's what the Haven make. These are women as Haven makers. They want their, their, their lives and their homes to be a Haven where people feel welcome. But more importantly, they want their hearts to be a Haven where Christ is at home in their hearts. And, and he's, he's creating in them this new creation and, and bringing his spirit into all the things that are happening in their lives. Ah, oh, oh, I love it. I love it. Well, and it just makes so much sense because one of the things that I think you have brought to to Christian Christianity is the ability to really show what life looks like. You know, what does what does the Christian life look like? And I I know like your teen series are still so applicable. I and they were birthed out. I, I'm gonna tell a little of your story, but they were birthed out of being a youth pastor's wife and your girls reading books that they shouldn't be reading because there was nothing for them. And you set out to write stories. And these stories are still resonating with women. I I know as I follow you on social media, every once in a while, someone will go, I came to know Jesus because of the Christy Miller series. So I love that God's just kind of like letting you grow up with these girls and, and show them now, what does adulthood look like? What does, you know, as whenever I think of you, I think of, I feel like you are one of the mothers of faith in the body of Christ. Love that. Oh. And for, uh, well, and there's just so many motherless girls, especially in the spiritual realm. Maybe they weren't raised in a Christian home or maybe they're, they were in a nominal Christianity. And so what does the shape 
of Christianity look like? And I, I keep thinking of that quote from Elizabeth Elliot, where she speaks of Amy Carmichael, that she showed me the, the shape of godliness. Mm, and yeah. that's what you do, my friend. That's what you do. Oh, I did a study last summer with the college girls at our church. We went through praying for your future husband. I guess it's been a year and a half. And by the second week, they were all calling me Mama Robin. Uh, (laughs) And I walked into a coffee shop where one of them works. And I walked in and I heard Mama Robin. (laughs) That's that's such a gift because my heart has been, I have been writing for 35 years for publication. And my heart has always been to provide role models, or as you said, these real life situations, what does it look like when a woman who loves God is seeking the best choice in that situation or is considering what she should do? And we, we just don't have those examples. We don't have though, enough of those kinds of stories that show us, here's an option. You can make this choice which leads down a narrow path, but the results will be very rich. And that's what you want. (laughs) That's the path. That's exactly it. And I think especially in our culture today where everything's getting a little bit, you know, 50 shades of gray, Mm. (laughs) it's no longer black and white. Well, we are definitely saved by grace and we're supposed to live from grace. God loves us so much that he does make his his truth known. And he says, I love you so much that I'm going to put boundaries on your life so that I can actually set you free. And this is what I think your books, all the books you do, fiction, nonfiction, everything that you're about is just so beautiful. And I just, I adore you. This is so fun. I'm glad other people are listening in, but this is really for you and I to have a chance to get caught up and yeah. Lift up the name of Jesus. That's what you and I always have done so easily mm. when we each other with that iron sharpening iron. I I want to hear more from you. I want to see how God's been speaking to you because it it motivates me and, and prompts me. And those kinds of friends are just gold. So we need that. We need that. Mm. Yeah. It's so true. It's so true. So, which brings up a a question I've been wanting to ask you, and I'm going to totally put you on the spot, but what's the Lord been talking to you about lately, Robin? Well, every year for probably 25 years, I've asked the Lord for a word, the beginning of the year, and I spend at least a half a day alone with him. I journal. I look at my journal from the previous year to see where the prayers were going or how God answered. And I write in the the margins, how God took care of all these things. I poured out to him thinking it's never going to get taken care of or resolved. And then I look back months later, wow, this is how he answered. This is what he did. And it just builds that sense of his presence and his care continually. So then after I've done sort of an overview of the year before, Then I just sit before him and I ask for a banner word, a theme, an idea. And he doesn't have to give me anything. He's given me so much. So I never come with this um, 
expectation that, okay, it's that time of year for us to get our um, motivation going by having a theme that you and I are going to work. No, no, no. It's just, I, I just receive. Mm. And over the years, it's been different the way that the word has been impressed on me. Sometimes as early as November, a word will just come and then you hear that in a theme that you're listening to a podcast or something and you go, I was just thinking about that. What does that really mean? So when, when a word is just sort of impressed on me, I go to scripture, I get out the concordance. Where does that word appear? What does it mean? In what context? How did that affect that the people during that time? Or what's that, that, how did that theme play out in, in that part of of history so it's kind of a gathering 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 and then the first of the year I just sit and look at all those pieces and I it's it's like I receive it or I take it on and and say okay I'm going to pay attention to how this word continues to roll through this year and so this year, the word is confidence. And there are so many places in scripture where that appears, as you know, and also the word confident. And I, it felt so rich. Like, I'm going I'm to need this word for a couple years because that confidence in Christ or to be confident of this very thing that he who began a good work in you is going to complete it. And, and to just Look at all the things that are going on and all the things that seem so important and to put it through that, to just sort of distill it through that filter of where's my confidence? Yeah. Is it in other people or my ability or what I've known to be true? Or is it entirely in God and that he can do anything? And my, my job is faith. My, that's, that's my that's that's all I can bring that's all I can bring is is the trust and the faith and obedience to follow him and then the blessing always happens inside the obedience ah oh, that's so good I am walking in that when I'm, when I'm fully trusting and walking and confident and in that place of obedience to him then he opens the path he pours out his blessing. But when I stand outside and I try to direct things myself, it just hinders what he's already trying to do. Mm, that is so. Yeah, that, that's, that's this week. <laughs> <laughs> that is so awesome. I, I love this. So you basically, were you like the creator of the word of the year? <laughs> I'm probably old enough to be. I, cause I've talked about it a lot. Yeah. And it, interesting how um so many at the beginning of the year i'll hear from a lot of women i learned this from you i still do this and there's some odd ones where they have taken it into a different place than whatever right i love that you you bring your word of the year to scripture that is beautiful well that's our guideline for everything right yeah i mean plumb line and so that it's not so it filters it so it's not just a whim or, you know, someone had someone had sent me a message and said, um, I decided my word for the year is going to be 
movie star and I know you have movies made out of your books. So I want you to help me become a movie star because that's what God told me. I'm like, I don't think it works like that. Oh my goodness. Thanks for thinking of me. (laughs) So you're not only mother Robin, but you're like almighty Robin. (laughs) Robin almighty. That's what I mean. We're going to call you. Oh my goodness. Well, and that brings up something so beautiful because at, well, Oh, I still, I want to talk about the movie thing, but I, I don't want to miss this confidence thing because this is really probably if I don't think I actually called it my word of the year. I, I, sometimes I do a word of year. Sometimes I don't, but, but definitely over the past few years, I've been going, Lord, what does it look like to walk in God confidence? Because I, Mm I, I'm a self-confident woman in some areas. And then I'm very, very unconfident in others. And which brings me just to, um, I've watched you just be obedient to the Lord. And I think sometimes we think we have to come up with a plan. We've got to make things happen. We've got to text the right person about becoming a movie star (laughs) rather than just obeying the Lord and walking in the paths that he's created. And I, you are so prolific and Honestly, when it comes to confidence and writing, it's that's I really, really struggle. And I would just love to know your process, how you discern what God has for you at the moment, how you um, walk in that calling of writing with confidence. I, I think there's some girls out there that are like, I think God wants me to do something, but I'm scared to death. I don't know how to do it. Or it just seems too hard. Yeah, very normal, very much all of us. The longer you do it and the more you see God's faithfulness, the more you have the confidence to take the next step because you know the Lord's your shepherd. You're not going to want. He's He's going to lead you. And so the more you transfer that ability and confidence and strength and power, the more that we transfer it to him, it's sort of this mindset of, this is who you created me to be. This is what I do. I tell stories. So I want that to be sanctified and used as a a gift to further your kingdom. So how do you want to do that? And it sort of, it sort of transfers the responsibility and the how to so that I'm just falling in step with what he's asking me to do because I go back to John 15 all the time that he's the vine. I'm the branch apart from him. I can do nothing. Yeah. And yet this, this mystery of scripture, we get to Philippians that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So you get on that teeter totter. And as long as it's, in that right i get it i apart from him i can do nothing but i can do all things through christ those are the two sort of presiding pillars i never thought of this before but it's like those are the pillars that hold up the banner (laughs) that his banner over us is love but it's that it's it's not dependent on anything in in me that i can generate is just what he's already put in me 
Yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like I'm kind of talking in a circle. No, 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 no. It's different for everybody because of their relationship with the Lord, I think. And that could be true, but I, I, I keep thinking not only is his banner over us love, but when you think about your word of the year, confidence, and you think about those two pillars, yeah. <laughs> apart from him, I can do nothing, but I can do all things through Christ. What a great place to rest our confidence on. Yeah. Yeah. So that I show up. I know there's a lot of times when people tell stories that are really interesting of how this happened and this happened and then God showed up and this happened. And it always seems to me like, wait, he's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the, he's already there. He didn't, I, I understand what they're saying, but I've seen it more often where I show up. Like yeah. he's already there and he's ready. And it's that I, I take that step of faith. And I show up and go, I mean, I always think of Mary before Gabriel going, may it be unto me according to your word. You know, this just, you, you, you get to that place of just, I'm, I'm your servant. I'm, I'm available. And this yeah. is, this is, this is all stuff I've learned from you, Joanna, like that, oh. that place as a woman to have that power and strength, but in that place of servitude mm-hmm. is again, the two pillars. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing, everything. It's, it's power. But I also say with writing, I've been learning something new about creating because we're artists, whatever we're, we're writing, we're, we're artists. And I love how in Genesis where when God spoke and there was light, okay. And evening, morning, first day, and I, for the first time, I saw it as it wasn't all creation. When I'm writing a book, it's not everything I ever had to say. When I'm mulling over a concept, it's just, it's evening, morning, first day. There, there's encapsulated, there's one book. And mm-hmm. to be judged by that, well, look, there's no animals. There's, there's no fruit. It's just light. But it's, God said, it was good. Oh my goodness. It's so funny that you're saying this because that's what stood out to me. We've been reading th- through uh, a chapter a day in Genesis in January. And that's what I saw. I'm like, oh my word. He only made parts yes. and he called it good. Yes. I keep wanting to do it all because I think that's what's good. Exactly. And when was the last time you or I called any part good? We look at it and go, it's not enough. I didn't finish. I could do better. It's not what I was hoping. It's just this piece or part. And yet to get in that place as an artist to go, my life is about creating. And for this time in this season with what's available and where, how many brain cells are working today, this is this is the light. This is this is the peace. And I'm gonna join God and say it's good. I'm not saying great. I'm not saying it should win an award. I'm just saying he he does this through us. So I'm gonna call it what he calls it. And it's good, it's good. Oh my word. Oh I, I <laughs> you're you're <laughs> ministering to me. And it's so funny because I knew that when I read that, I knew it was about my writing because it's I never 
Yeah. Anyway, that's a whole nother podcast, possibly also a little side counseling that we'll just do off camera someday. I know because here's something, Joanna. I had a friend over who's written a couple books and we were looking, you see my bookshelf here, like these are all the books I've written, a hundred and something. And I stood there with her. She's like, oh, I remember this one. I like this one. She's saying the things where she connected with the books. I go, oh, I wish I had three more months on that one because I really felt like the ending wasn't strong enough. Oh, that one, I felt like the editor was just giving too much input. And I went and I picked apart every single book. This was two years ago. And when I came through that place in Genesis, just same time you are, just like that freshness. And you need to do this. I had this little exercise where I came in and I touched each book and I go, it's good. It's good. And I'm just weeping going, you, you did that. You gave that. That was, that was a story that you inspired, Lord. And I've been just tearing it apart and making excuses for why I didn't do a better job. Yeah. You know, I think that there's somebody out there. I know I need to hear this. But, you know, one of the things God, God's like doing this huge, deep inner work in me right now. And he's just really revealing how maybe because of some rejection in relationships as a, just even an elementary school girl that I, um, God did so much through that rejection. It brought me close to him. You know, I realized the approval of men, the friendship of men was never going to fill the hole in my heart. And so I thank God. I thank God for that painful time, but there was something in that, that I picked up and I think I twisted it and was almost like, I've got to reject me before you reject me. And that perfectionism of, yeah, it's good, but it's not enough. And, and, you know, guilt never, ever has, it brings us to God, but it doesn't bring the life and the change that God wants for us. And so I love that. What if today, whoever's out there listening, what if you looked at what you did today and said, it is good. And a friend of mine said this statement that really has stuck with me. She said, Joanna, I think I was, I don't remember the situation, but she said, Joanna, have faith that what needs to get done will get done and trust God with the rest. Trust God. Yeah. What if, what if we lived like that each day? Yeah. How life-changing. And when we look at Christ's ministry, how he would come into a village, heal this person, not that person, take care of this need, seem to be setting aside another need. And then he'd get up and leave yeah, and, and go pray. And it just seemed erratic. Like, but that was his rhythm of ministry. And then we get to the last supper and he says, father, I thank you that I did everything you sent me here to do. It's like, wow. To get to the end of our days and yeah. say, father, I thank you that I did everything you, you put me on this earth to do. Yeah. And it was good. It, it, it wasn't, not everybody got healed. Not everybody got what they wanted out of yeah. Jesus. Not everybody's going to get what they want out of me. Right. I can't make you a movie star. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bubba, yeah. there were so many people who were going to email you and say, come on. <laughs> but uh. it, it's this 
I'm I'm staying in my lane and doing what I'm called to do, and it's good. Yeah, that's, that's confidence, Amen. and that's where we have the freedom to say to those who are still asking, "Thank you for thinking of me." That's not something I'm able to do, and, yeah. and go on. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. You know, I've been really thinking about um, and actually writing about David, and you know, mm. his story is so rich, so rich. And it says, um, it says in, I think it's Acts, it says, David fulfilled his purpose, fulfilled the purposes of God in his generation. Wow. Yeah. And so goes along with that. And yet he didn't get to build the temple that he really, really wanted to build. And yet God said, no, that's not your job. And yet, but he didn't throw a fit. He didn't start pouting. Instead, he started storing up the things that were needed to build the temple that his son would one day build. And I was, we were in a meeting and I, this is just really stuck with me. He's, you know, we're, we're surrounded by this whole concept of dream, big dreams, you know, find your passion, find your purpose. And, and what they said was be willing to let God give you a dream that won't be fulfilled in your generation. And if we can see ourselves as part of a bigger picture than just me, maybe I'm just day oh, one. Wow. Maybe I'm just yeah. day one, but can I be yeah. faithful in day one of creation? That's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's that sense that it really isn't all about me, but that I'm, I'm free to get up and move about the cabin and just do what I'm on this journey to do. And that's, And that's good. That's good. Wow. I don't know how that hit you, but it really spoke to me. Imagine allowing ourselves to call what we do good. I mean, good. Enough. That is really going to be my goal this week. You definitely don't want to miss out on the next episode as we dive into the heart behind what we do for Jesus. It's powerful stuff. In fact, so powerful, I really believe that this message and next week's message are needed by every woman who desires to do something for God. So would you help me spread the word about it by sharing it with your friends? If you're listening on your phone, you can just hit the three little dots on your podcast player and you'll be given options to post it on social media or to send the link to a friend. And as always, if you'd mind taking a minute to leave a rating or review and be sure to subscribe, it all really helps us get the podcast out in front of new listeners. Well, until next week, remember my friend, get connected to the vine. Draw close to Jesus. Fall in love with Him. Allow His life to fill your life until it's His life that overflows, helping all of us live and love and lead like Jesus. See you next week.